The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. All grace that you have ordained for us to experience, let that be everyone's portion in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen and amen. Help me welcome your neighbor. You can be seated in God's presence. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory be to God. All right. I'm going to more or less pick up from where I left off on Sunday. Um, I ended up by sharing with us five things that hinder us from sowing and reaping. If you want to put a positive spin to that topic, you can say five things to do for you to be fruitful or to be effective in sowing and reaping. We came to that point by um, pointing out that for you to see favor, you have to sow favor. Glory be to God. We are talking about colors of favor. Really, we are teaching on favor and we've established that we all have favor with God as God's children. It's not something we have to beg for. It's not something we have to ask for, as it were. However, we need to learn how to walk in it, how to respond to it. There are certain dimensions of it that will work freely without you doing anything. Um, in the first place, favor is a free gift. Hallelujah. But you need to understand that there are many aspects of it that will not work automatically. Interestingly, God pointed this out to me. What will work freely for Pastor Ida may not work freely for Pastor Taffy. This is how the things of God are. Let me give you a very good example. So there are couples that get married. Some people don't even have to pray to have children. The first month, <laughs> that's when they conceive. Same father in heaven, not that this one has father and other. Another person, the kind of praying they have to pray to have one child. That's how dynamic these things have been. There are some people that, hey, to get spouse, no problem. From their teenage years, they bump into guide them. Some people, the kind of fasting they have to fast to meet the bone of the bone of the flesh. That, you just watch life. What is easy or free as it were? When I say free, I mean you didn't even have to pray. You just came out of your house and you bumped into your boyfriend and you've known since you were 13, we are going to get married. And when the time came, and you got married and everything. And they're in the same church. Oh. Okay, even if you're not in the same church, the same God, all of us are calling on the same God. So you, you've got to learn to realize, again, what Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. The person that found their husband without praying a prayer, the couple that had a child without asking, it was the grace of God. The person that had to pray five years, 10 years, 15 years to meet the other and have a child, it was the grace of God. Hallelujah. It's everything that we see, that we enjoy, is by the grace of God, is by the favor of God, the unmerited favor of God. 
However, how it comes into operation and manifestation may differ. Are you with me tonight? So it's important for Christians to know how things operate. And whenever you find yourself in a situation where this prophecy they said, they said we shall be the head and not the tail. The way I'm looking at this my life, there's no head anywhere here. All right. When, that, when you find yourself in those kind of situations, what do you do? Do you roll over and play dead? Uh, maybe what God said is not true. No, what God said is true. Can I hear a loud amen? It just simply means in your own case and for your own peculiar circumstances, it hasn't been activated to work yet. Why it differs from person to person, from situation to situation, we may never know. But once you know what it takes to make it work, and which is what we are teaching, when we teach believers' favor, we are not telling you something you don't have. None of us, as it were, has more favor than another child of God. We all have the same favor. It's the same favor of God. However, its manifestations may differ from person to person. Even in your own life, the kind of favor you are seeing manifesting in your finances may not be equal to the favor that is operating in your health. Are, are you with me? The favor you are seeing operating in your career may not be the same kind of favor that is operating in your relationships. And yet, it is the favor of God that is still bringing that breakthrough for you financially. Glory be to God. So the, the main thing we've said is, look, favor requires a response of faith. That, that's what the Bible teaches. And what we've been looking at is, okay, how can we respond in faith? And broadly speaking, we are saying make purposeful spiritual investments. Think like an investor. And that brings us to where we landed on Sunday. L let me go on a, a little deeper here. Let, let's read the parable of the sower again. Matthew 13. Because this speaks to what we are talking about, sowing and reaping. If you are going to see favor in ever-increasing measures, you have to sow it. You have to sow it. You want to see favor in your relationships, sow favor in relationships. You want to see favor financially, which is what I'm seeing, I want to focus on. I gave you two reasons on Sunday why it's important we teach it from that perspective. Number one, that's, the Bible wrote it that way. The Bible wasn't teaching us how to make money. That's not why the Bible was written. The Bible was teaching us um, spiritual realities. But he used money economic principles, famine, sowing and reaping. It's about making money, livelihood. If they wrote the Bible in 2019, they probably won't write sowing and reaping. They will tell you how to handle a job well. How to, because that's what most people do today. Most people are not farmers. When they wrote the Bible, it was an agricultural economy. If they wrote the Bible in 2019, they will tell you how to maintain a good GT bank job. How to get one, how to maintain it to teach you spiritual realities. God is not teaching you how to get a job in GT Banco. Are you with me tonight? Hallelujah. Because once, and it's important for you to understand that financial um, aspect of it. One, the Bible was written that way too. I, said, I told you, God told me, you live in a financial world. 
Let me give you a third reason. If you can learn how to sow and reap favor financially or get the favor of God to work in your finances, it will be easy to get you to work in any other area of your life. You can get that favor to work concerning your health, concerning your relationships. It's the same favor of God. Oh, there may be a few things you need to tweak when you are using another aspect of your life, but it's still the same principles that govern it. And that's what Jesus was saying here. Matthew 13 and verse 3. Then he spoke a parable. He spoke many things to them in parables, saying, and this is more or less like the summary of all the parables he was telling them, or the main parable he was telling them. Behold, a sower went out to sow, and the birds came and devoured, um, and some seed fell by the wayside, sorry, and the birds came and devoured them. Verse 5, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of the earth. One of the things we are challenging everybody to do in church this season is to go deeper. And we talked about this. This is one of the reasons why we don't get results in life. We are not as deep as we ought to be. Praise God. Now, I'm assuming most of us are familiar with this parable, so I'm just going to go very quickly. Verse 6. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no roots, they withered away. Verse 7, some fell on, among thorns. The thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground. Hallelujah. Somebody say good ground. Good ground. And what happened when it fell on good ground? It yielded a crop. Glory be to God. Some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what Pastor T is saying tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know the story, the disciples came and met him, explained to us the parable, and he decided to explain it to them in verse 18. Let's keep the verses. Verse 18. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. And you will see those five things I mentioned somewhat here. I gave you five reasons we need to look at so that we can sow and reap. You will see them here. And then I will break it further down as I go on tonight. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, understanding is vital, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. Amen. This is he that receives seed by the wayside. But he who receives seed in stony places, watch this condition. This is he that hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Wow, what a service. Oh, what a conference. Oh, what a beautiful meeting. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word's sake. Immediately he stumbles. So he came to church, came for the conference, came for the meeting, enjoyed the word, but two weeks later, something happened, maybe concerning his job, he lost his job. Or something happened concerning his health. And persecution arose. And it's interesting, the Bible tells us that persecution comes because of the word we are hearing. That's a subject for another day. Verse 22, now he that receives seed among thorns is he who hears the word and, care, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word 
and he becomes unfruitful. Somebody say, I will be fruitful in Jesus' name. Well, this person became unfruitful, and he told us the reason. There were too many things choking the word he had, too many distractions. Verse 23, but he that had, he that received the word on good ground, say again, that is me. That is me. Is he who hears the word, understands it, that has been emphasized again, who indeed bears fruit. So he, he heard the word, he understood the word he had, he bore fruit with the word. You see, he's the one that did it because of the condition of his heart. He, he, he understands it, indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. We must understand that that picture that Jesus painted there, that's how everything in God's kingdom works, including favor. If we are going to see colors of favor or decorations of favor, which we already have in our lives, keep increasing and manifesting, this process of sowing and reaping must be cooperated with. Specific wife that they got divorced. So I think she got like 60-something billion after the divorce. They said the world's most expensive divorce. But yesterday, she, the woman said she's going to give away half of her wealth. Ah, and everybody's excited. So she's giving away 30-something billion dollars. Said, I mean, what, what, what does she want to do? Even the, 30, the one that's remaining is too much for me. So she's being generous. Amen. A few weeks ago, there was this billionaire that went to one college in America, and they just called him to come and give the graduation speech, and he told all the students, I'm going to pay off all your debts. All their student loans are about $40 million. Generosity, giving. You know, someone, I was thinking about those two stories today. Someone may think, ah, it's because they are billionaires. You have a point. I mean, for you to pay 40 million, you must have it. I'm not going to tell anybody I'm going to pay 40 million. I don't have 40 million. <laughs> not now. Maybe I have 400 naira. I can't. If you have 400 naira debt, come and meet me. <laughs> for you to give away 30 something, I mean, billions of dollars, you must have it. So uh, you have a point. But you don't have a deep point. And you don't have a point that is supported by scripture. What that billionaire woman did, and that billionaire man did, it's not only for the rich. It's also for the not so rich or the poor. That heart to give. It's not when you have a billion you should have it. It's now, wherever you are. That's it. You don't start acting like the rich when you become one of them. You may never become one of them. You look at the example, wow, these people are sowing. They are generous. They are giving. Okay, me, I don't have $40 million to pay school fees, but do I have 40 naira? Okay, can't pay school fees. Can he buy pure water? You start from where you are. You start from where you are. So when we say the principle is for everybody, we mean everybody. We know everybody may not be able to give away $30 billion, but everybody can give something. We know everybody may not be able to pay people's school fees, but we know you can give something. 
And when you look at rich people doing things or anybody that you admire for whatever they have, good or bad, that thing they are practicing, that is the spirit, particularly in the light of scriptures, that you should adopt from where you are. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when you hear things like that, your response should be, ah, when I get there, you may never get there if you think that way. What will happen is that you should be inspired by what you hear. I was inspired by it. And you say, okay, what can I do where I am? What can I do? Which disciple can I give a cup of water? Are you with me tonight? Glory be to God. Now, let me say this again to us before I go further. I want to go deeper in those five things we talked about on Sunday. This thing is not complicated. Let me hear somebody shout, it's not complicated. It's not complicated. Hallelujah. One day Jesus was teaching. Praise God. And he made this statement to them, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have eternal life. They had been following him. When he gave them bread to eat, they ate it. When he gave them, when he did miracles, they received the miracles. But he now started teaching John chapter 6, verse 53. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And just try and picture what Jesus was doing here. He knew those people were Jewish people. He knew Jewish people are not carnivorous people. This was abhorrent to their law. But he still taught it. I don't know why he taught it to them that way. Of course, when he said that, how can he give us his flesh and his blood to drink? What he said to them was so foreign to their background and their religion, their first response was to reject it. And I don't, sometimes you wonder why Jesus did some things he did and said some things he said. Knew who he was talking to. It's a different thing if you go to a custom of people that they are carnivorous people and eat flesh and blood. He said, except you eat my flesh. Ah, they say, ah, cut it, bring it. <laughs> but we are talking to people that even certain animals, they won't eat, they, they won't touch it. Talk less of a human flesh and blood. And I believe he was just trying to get at something. Of course, it wasn't mean, it didn't mean they should eat his physical flesh and blood. And if you study as we go on, you know that he was referring to the communion. So the Bible said, if I look at what they said in verse 30, many of his disciples, his disciples, when they had this thing said, this is a hard saying. John chapter 6, verse 60. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? God said, dealing with me with this text, that one of our challenges in church is sometimes God introduces something foreign to us, something new, something of another kingdom, another dimension, something in the God realm of thinking. And if you are not careful, you will respond like these disciples that were there. This is a hard saying. I, I, I made some hard statements on Sunday that the poorest guy should be the one giving the highest in church. It's a hard saying. Someone may not be thinking that way. Ah, the only people that should be giving are the rich people. That may be his own background. And the Bible said many of them stopped following Jesus. I hope nobody has stopped coming to church because of what I preached on Sunday. <laughs> They stopped following him. Then Jesus asked Peter and the 12, you two, do you want to go? 
verse 67, Jesus said to them, do you also want to go away? I'm going somewhere here. Please listen to me very carefully. But Simon Peter answered him. This is the attitude all of us you have. Even when God tells you to do something that you can't understand. How can I be? The, I'm the poorest guy in the church. How can I be the one giving the biggest offering? I'm the person going through the biggest trouble. How can I be the one praying more fervently? Even if, if it's foreign, this is the attitude. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I may not understand what you are saying. No. I can't even figure out how I'm going to do this thing you are saying. But where else am I going to go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and to know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Like I always tell us in this church, the commandments of God are not burdensome. 1 John 5 and 3. They are not difficult. If you just stay a little while longer, maybe God will open the eyes of your understanding and you will begin to figure out how to do what God is telling you to do. I want to bring this home to what I was saying on Sunday about giving bountifully. That's what we read in that text in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, giving abundantly. And I, I use that envelope we use in church. Everybody in this church can be giving every offering with challenge to give in this church. You may not be able to figure it out yet. It may look to you like a hard saying. But stay with Jesus. Hallelujah. What they said was a hard saying. Isn't that, isn't that what you do every day in church now, every, every month in church? Eating his flesh and drinking his blood. Hallelujah. Let me say it to you this way as well. I remember Kenneth Copeland, one of his favorite stories. I've shared this with us several in church. He said one day God told him to give Kenneth Hagin Ministries $50,000. This is going to the poorest person giving the biggest offering. He said that day I didn't have $5 to my name. Because I was in debt. But he said when he had it, he didn't throw it away. He said he just kept married because he knew he had God. He couldn't deny that the fact that he had God. God told him to do this. So he said he kept praying and meditating on it. And three days later, God started showing him how we can start doing it. And the strategy God gave him was so simple. Every time you go and do your grocery shopping, they usually give you change. How many of you go to the market and you get change? Talk to me, women here. Because they start giving that change. That was, after two, three days, God didn't tell him that the first day. Thank God he didn't go away after the first day. God didn't tell him that the second day. But the second day starts with giving the change from, that's why he started giving $50,000. And he committed to give the $50,000. And eventually, he didn't say how long it took him. He gave the $50,000. By the time he was sharing the testimony with us, everybody who knows for someone that gives jets. Somebody say jets. That encounter and that instruction that he didn't know how to do, but was in God's plan of sowing and reaping, it started the miracle of his turnaround around financially because he listened. Hallelujah. So let me hear somebody say it's not complicated. Sowing and reaping favor. Maritally speaking. Concerning my career, concerning my health, and bless God, concerning my finances, the way God will have me do it, it is not complicated. 
You may not be able to figure it out here too, but that's where you keep hearing and hearing and praying and praying. And if you will learn to overcome these four, five steps or five challenges, it's are five challenges to sowing and reaping. And they will always be there. Praise God. One more thing. I, I, these are some things, there are so many things I can't get out on Sunday. Give me just 30, 40 minutes to preach. <clears throat> and we are walking towards excellence. So, thank God. I have one hour on Wednesday. And the one I don't finish, I will continue. Look at this text again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We read it on Sunday, verses 8 and 9. I want us to look at it again. I want you to see God's standard of favor. We are talking about favor here. How favor can decorate your life, decorate your finances, decorate your family in ever-increasing dimensions. Oh, Naphtali, Tunde, full of favor, satisfied with favor, possess the West and the, and the South. Possess your possession. That's what favor will help you to do. Look at it again. And we've come to the place where we realize we have to sow and, and reap. And God is able, please read very carefully. God is able to make all favor. When you see grace in testament, changing in favor, particularly when you are teaching along favor, because it's the same thing we are talking about. How, how much favor is God able to make? How much? How much? Small favor. Most favor. All of his favor. To do what? To abound. It's talking about manifesting. God is able to cause his favor to keep abounding, to keep manifesting in my life, to keep decorating my life, to keep adding color, all of it. Praise God. Look, if we walked in favor where our finances are concerned, like God intended it, there will be no broke person in the church. And maybe we'll be able to save the world. If we walked in the favor of God, the way God intended it concerning our health, there will be no sick person in the church. No sick person in the church. If we walked in favor in our relationships, there will be no marriages that are breaking down. It won't. It won't. Because the favor of God will beautify our lives so much, everything that is upside down will become right side up. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? And God is able to make his favor to abound towards us. Now, let's bring it to where finances and giving is concerned. What is that you? Always. How many times? Oh. Having all sufficiency in all things. How many things? May have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, in case you are still confused about what he's talking about. He has dispersed abroad. When the Bible says, as it is, I am comparing what I'm saying in the previous verse to what I'm saying in this new verse. He has dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness exhausts forever. He was quoting from Psalm 112. I want us to go to that Psalm briefly, but hold on. Let me finish the, 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 the thought here. See what he's telling you about favor abounding and giving or sowing and reaping. Can you see the connection? Can you see the connection? Yes, sir. You were supposed to answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> 
Let, let's read this text in the Amplified. It, it, it's, it's much more powerful. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 and 9. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, in case all grace is complicated, and earthly blessing, come in abundance to you. Let me hear somebody shout, I receive. I receive that. So that you, Pastor T, always, and let me break down always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, that's what it means by always. Always have complete sufficiency in every, everything. Being completely self-sufficient in him. And you will have an abundance for every good work. An act of charity. As it is written. He, the benevolent and generous person. That's the key there. That sowing and reaping financial favors is the way to get the colors of favor to be evident. That's like talking about your finances. And that same principle guides every other thing. You want to see God's favor color your marriage, start sowing favor in other people's relationships and marriages. Ah, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Pray and ask the Holy Ghost. He may tell you to give somebody money. He may tell you to start praying for somebody. He may tell you to start counseling somebody. Sow favor. That's how you can get the favor to abound. By, and again, can you see he's using giving here? Hello? He has given to the poor. He has dispersed abroad. His righteousness endures forever. I was going to take us to Psalm 112, but I need to move. When you get to read Psalm 112, there's something he didn't quote here. In fact, there are two things. See, the Bible does this many times. When they are quoting... Don't go to it now. We don't have the time. <laughs> Just note it down. They are quoting a text. There were actually five things David said here. They only quoted three. He's given to the poor. Strategy that exhausts forever. He's passed abroad. There were two other things. When you read Psalm 12, you will see it there. Continued. Then in the previous verse where they said, his righteousness endures forever, there was another thing they added there. Wealth and riches will be in his house. His righteousness endures forever. Who doesn't want that? Who in his right mind won't want that? Glory be to God. Everybody wants it. And he's showing us how to get it. Hallelujah. So, down to the five things. If you are going to sow and reap, and I hope I've been able to convince you to sow and reap, in any area of your life, you, you need to pay attention to these five things. And again, these are the five reasons. If anybody is not sowing and reaping the way you, you, you want to be, seeing it in your life, and you should understand by now that your sowing is what predicates the reaping. So if I'm not happy with the level at which I am reaping, I should check the way I'm sowing. Now put all that in the context of what we've been teaching in this series about you being investment-minded. And what I've said about you planning for your 2025. Can you help me ask your neighbor, I hope you have started planning for your 2025. <laughs> it will come like a thief in the night. Just like 2020 has come now like a thief in the night. I mean, when they, used, when they first had that vision 2020, I thought when 2020 is so far. It has come. It's now at our domot. <laughs> of course, who's that mean? If we were Dubai, we'd be shouting it too. But because we have not yet arrived there. <laughs> But even if the nation is not ready, you, you better get ready personally. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? 
So keep, keep that in mind by this time tomorrow. And I'm not putting myself under pressure that hey, it must happen next month. You know that sometimes that's the mistake many of us make. And by teaching us about sowing and reaping from a farmer's perspective, I love that text in James, that the farmer is patient. That's how you do kingdom. Nothing wrong. We are not saying God doesn't do instant miracles. So, and we are not saying you should not believe for instant miracles. But don't overbelieve for instant miracles. Everything is not going to happen instantly. You cannot have a quality marriage instantly. You can have a one night stand instantly. No, you can have a one night stand instantly. It's one night. But not a quality marriage. You can't build a quality ministry instantly. You can get instant noodles instantly, but not quality ministry. So we need to realize that and think like this because this is what regulates everything in this kingdom we are in. Number one is knowledge. Why people don't sow or what you need to overcome to sow, you must have knowledge and I mean revelation knowledge. So you need a revelation of sowing and reaping. Let me now start going things I couldn't say on Sunday because I just ran through it on Sunday. This is why some of us are not so. This is why some people don't tithe. They don't have a revelation of tithing. There's no revelation. And watch this. This is why some people used to do it and don't do it anymore. Because that you had a revelation five years ago doesn't mean you have it today. You must keep revelation afresh and alive. And revelation comes from the word of God. So you go back to the word that instructs you to do these things, particularly when you start feeling ah, you are struggling to give your tithe. Or we have a conference and you are struggling to give a minister's offering. You need revelation in that regard. Once the light goes out, you cannot see, and revelation is light. I love that scripture Pastor Joshua read for us to pray with when we start service. Arise, shine, for your light has come. You know why some people can't arise? Arise in sowing and reaping favor, there is no light. So why don't people sow? They lack revelation. And that may be the thing that is hindering you. Let me say this to you as well. I told you favor requires a faith response. You can't have faith without revelation. Faith is the substance of things so for the evidence of things not seen. Revelation speaks of insight. Things your physical eyes cannot see, but your inner eyes can see. So you can't have faith if the eyes of your understanding are not enlightened. And that's why the sower sows the word. It's the word that brings the revelation. What that brings the revelation. If you are struggling to do anything we teach or talk about in church or emphasizing particularly this, sowing financially, sowing to us, sit down with the scriptures we are sharing, read them and read them and pray and let God open the eyes of your understanding. Because if you lack revelation, you will not do it or you will not do it in faith. And if it's not done in faith, it will not produce results because anything not done in faith is sin. If it's not done in faith, it can't act, activate favor. Are you with me tonight? Colossians 1, 9, 10. 
Please read this again very carefully. This is the reason why I'm praying for you, Apostle Paul said, since the day I heard that you are now saved. I do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled. Filled with knowledge of his will. Revelation knowledge. A lack of revelation, Hosea 4, 6 says, is what destroys God's people. Why? Where there's no light, You'll just be groping in the dark. Where there is no faith, you can't f- receive grace. So I'm praying that you'll be filled with knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful. You need revelation. Remember 2 Peter 1, 2, and 3. Grace and peace, favor, be multiplied to you in the revelation knowledge of God. It's that revelation that will give you light, inner light, oh. Inner light. You will see inner perspective. Oh, this is how God sees giving. So when the pastor makes a statement like the person that should be giving generously the most in church should be the poorest person. Not thinking, oh, it's only the people that have money that should give in church. That is not scriptural. And that statement has no ounce of revelation in it. The one I'm saying has revelation. So if you are struggling with sowing for financial favors as you ought, check whether you have a revelation of the word where giving and sowing and reaping is concerned. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 1, 2 and 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the revelation knowledge of him who has called us. The first thing Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, I only read chapter 9, part of chapter 9 on Sunday. You should really read both chapters, teaching them about sowing and reaping. He said, I want you to know about the grace that was upon the Macedonian church. He was bringing them revelation. And remember what he told them, verse 1, even though they were afflicted, but their abundance of joy and deep poverty made them very generous people. We've not really studied that statement as we ought. Let me show you something God showed me. Go there again, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Please read it very carefully again. The other day I was talking about deep, call it unto deep, and I quoted this scripture. But look at what it said here again. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you, I want you to have a revelation or a knowledge of the grace, the favor that was upon the churches in Macedonia. First of all, for that grace to have even been manifested in their life, they had a revelation. And you see it in what he said they did. They had a revelation that in a great trial of affliction, that's the negative. They, had, they were troubled on every side, as it were. But watch the two positives. Watch what God puts on the positive side. The abundance of their joy, number one, and... They are deep poverty. I will have put deep poverty on the negative side. Hello. Can you see what I'm saying there? I will have put deep poverty. I will have, if I was going to write this, I would have said, and I've been preaching it like that. 
I've been preaching it like that. But it now occurred to me, no, that's not what he's saying. This is what I would have said. The, in a great hour of oppression and their deep poverty, the abundance of their joy abandoning in their liberality. But that's not what he said. He said in a great trial of affliction, their, the abundance of their joy plus their deep poverty. If they were not that afflicted with poverty, they may not have done this thing I'm talking about. Deep color put into their deep. So I can tell the poorest person, give the best in church. Let your deep poverty bring out deep generosity in your life. Because that's what happened here. And it came because they had a revelation. A revelation of giving. That's the only way poor people can give. And Paul was saying, I want you to know. I want you to know. We struggle with sowing and reaping where we lack light and insight and revelation. Number two is understanding. And Jesus specifically mentioned that. Where the word is sown and there's no understanding. Understanding is deeper revelation. If I can break it down further for us. Understanding is working knowledge. Getting revelation, insight, wisdom of God to actually work and produce for you. That's what we mean by understanding here. And this is what it really, this is how it applies. Many times in Bible we use knowledge and understanding together and it's okay. They can be used synonymously. But you see, watch this. The more your revelation grows, the deeper your insights, the more the knowledge and the counsel you are getting, you will now have understanding. And it's when understanding gets where it ought to be that you can really make it work anytime you want to work it. Let me say it to you this way. Do you know there are many people that give in church, but they can't confidently say it has really transformed their life. They are giving, and they have a revelation about giving. They, they see some light. It's not that they don't have revelation about giving. We can apply this to prayer as well. Some people pray and pray and pray, but they can't really say, I can make prayer Walk things for me. Some people serve and serve and serve. This is not that they don't have revelation. There are those that don't know they should give. There are those that don't know they should pray. There are those that don't know they should serve. I'm not talking about that category of people. I'm talking about people that have light, but the, life is not, the light is not deep enough. There isn't yet an understanding, a required understanding to bring about the kind of manifestations you want to see. And the way you get it is to just keep growing your revelation. Keep growing your revelation. Keep asking God for more insight. To a point here, wow, I see it clearer now. And when challenges come, you'll be able to overcome the challenges with the light you now have. Hello. Are you sure you are still here? Let me hear you shout one hallelujah. Let me know you are still here. Some people did not shout. I don't know whether you are fighting with me. Last chance, shout one hallelujah. Let me know you are still here. Deeper light. So it's not only people that don't have any revelation about giving or sowing and reaping that don't practice it. Some of us have some understand light. I don't want you to understand it. Some knowledge about it. It's just not deep enough. And when we get to the next point, you'll see why we need understanding. Because the next one is when challenges come. 
when challenges come. Oh, I have a revelation they've taught it in our church by the stripes of Jesus. Beautiful. What happens when persecution and affliction comes? When your revelation can't overcome the obstacle, it's pointing to a lack of understanding. Are you with me? You have revelation. You are not the guy that doesn't know that Jesus has borne my stripes and by stripes of Jesus. I mean, you know that. But the symptoms are still there. You are not the guy that doesn't know that Jesus has provided for your needs. You know it, but the challenges are still there. When things like that happen, you need to understand them. I use the example of Apple and myself. I know how to use this iPad, though. But if it should crash, hello, what do I do when your phone crashes? If, um, okay, Steve Jobs is no longer there. Tim Cook's phone should crash. Is it going to come to you? They have the understanding of it. They've created it. That is the kind of depth of revelation we need to have. Not about iPhone and iPad, though. About sowing and reaping. Where you gave, and you are not seeing, you are not seeing results, and you now prayerfully, what do you need to tweak about the way you are doing your giving so that results can come? So you know what Solomon said? Wisdom is the principal thing. Praise God. Proverbs 4, 7. Or we can say it this way. Revelation is the principal thing. Because wisdom comes by revelation. Am I right? In all you're getting, do what? That's what we are saying. So when revelation starts coming to you about sowing and reaping, enjoy it. But keep getting more and more, particularly if you are trying to overcome things and you've not been able to overcome them. If you want to see some dimensions of favor, let's assume, you know what, I want to trust God that the favor of God can start working in my life to the point where I'm start earning in tens of millions every year. Okay, you are not there yet, and you are giving, and you've been giving and giving, and you're not doing that. You need understanding. You need deeper light, brighter light. Greater light. What does God know about the situation that I don't know yet? I'm not the guy on the other side that doesn't know anything. I know some things. He's just not getting me the results yet. And sometimes where that is leaking, lacking, someone will now say, ah, this giving I'm doing self is not working. No, it's working. Your light just needs to be deeper. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Please note this. Understanding comes and it grows in the process of application. I will say it again. You will get understanding about anything if you are currently applying the revelation you have. If you are not using the current revelation you have, Forget about getting understanding because understanding is deeper revelation. So if you are not using the last one, we are not going to give you more. Hello. And you, when you read 7 Corinthians 7 and 9, Paul, he, he tries to just keep talking more about giving and giving. Chapter 8, verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich for your sake, he became poor. Just, just trying to give us more understanding about this thing is encouraging us to do. Hallelujah. Quickly, the third one I said was pressure, caving to pressure. Or observing the wind and regarding the clouds. That's what Solomon called it in Exodus 11. Again, Jesus said in Matthew 13, the one that received the seed in sunny places, he could not reap 
because he had no roots. So when persecution and affliction came because of the word's sake, immediately he stumbled. You will not stumble in Jesus' name. You will not give up in Jesus' name. So you need to prepare for storms, for adversity, for challenges, for pressure. Pressure will be put on you where sowing and reaping is concerned. And the pressure is not there to encourage you. It's to discourage you from sowing and reaping. Pressure will come. How many of you have felt it before? <laughs> How many of you want to be honest and you can testify that you felt pressure? You wanted to give, but hey, there's one bill to pay. Or the money wasn't there. Pressure. Let, let me show you how the pressure comes. Look at chapter 9, verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Watch these statements very closely. 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that is God, may he supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. So God has a dual role in our lives. He supplies seed for us to sow and he supplies bread for us to eat. Praise God. Take note of that. Everything that comes into your hand from God, it can be distilled into these two categories. You have to be able to determine which one is supposed to be seed that I'm to sow and which one is supposed to be bread that I'm to eat. This is where the pressure comes. Watch this. Many times, pressure is on us to handle the provision at the detriment of the seed. We are not supposed to sow everything. God didn't tell us that. God just told us to sow some. Praise God. But we also have the responsibility to manage and to handle provision. That's, that's it. Let me show you something interesting God showed me. Watch. John chapter 13, the last supper. And I've shared this with us several in church. John 13 verse 27. John 13 verse 27. After he took the piece of bread, he gave it to Peter, Satan entered him. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered Peter. Jesus gave Peter a piece of bread. Then Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew what, he, what the reason, what, what the, for what reason he said it to him. Watch verse 29 carefully. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus said to him, number one, buy the things we need for the feast, or number two, you should give something to the poor. That's always what to do with kingdom thinking now. That's what to do with the provision of the resources God gives us. We are either handling provision, paying your house rent, feeding yourself, paying children's school fees and everything you want to do, or giving. Now, what's the interesting thing? When Paul was teaching this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul puts seed first. He said, God ministers seed to the sower and bread for food. And I'm sure that's what Jesus taught his disciples. When they were rationalizing in their thinking what Jesus meant when he told um, Judas, do what you do quickly, they put the food first before the seed. That's the mistake we make. And that's where the pressure comes. That's where the pressure comes. 
and you can't do anything about the pressure. Hallelujah. So everything God gives you, you, this is what you have to learn to do. Is it seed? Is it bread? You have to process that. Remember that text Solomon said in Proverbs 11? There is one that scatters and yes, increases more. Proverbs 11, 24 and 25. There is one that withholds more than is right. It tends to poverty. When I'm not sowing the seed that God gave me and I'm using it for provision, it tends to poverty. Look at the next verse, Proverbs 11, 25. The generous soul will be made rich. He who waters will be watered himself. Hallelujah. And we need to deal with that. Hallelujah. Because they're going to face that. Should I pay the children's school fees or should I do church projects? Should I... Who wants to give me an example? So I won't be the only one talking. Because I'm sure you have lived there before. Talk to me. Okay. Process it in your mind. Hallelujah. But how do we deal with that? The next two steps I gave you, the final two are very important. Your lifestyle or your choices, your lifestyle choices. And I also said preparation. Why do some people struggle? So sometimes we don't know how to handle the pressure. Why are we having challenges handling the pressure when it comes to sowing and reaping? Check your lifestyle. Check your choices. And we read 1 Corinthians 16 on Sunday. Paul told them, at the beginning of the week, let everybody lay something aside as God has prospered him so that when I come, that's not when you are looking for seed to sow. He taught us how to deal with it. Two powerful principles there. Because I want to quickly close. One, number one principle is the principle of priority. How am I going to deal with the pressure that will come with sowing and reaping so that I don't fall into the trap of Holding back much more than I should give. Priority. Every one of us, and I will get more into this during the vigil with the workers on Friday. You need to be able to determine what portion of that which God is giving me is for seed and what portion is for bread. The moment the Holy Ghost can help you balance that very well, you will be able to handle the pressure. And when you learn to prioritize. Beginning of the week, put something aside. Now, many of us don't earn income weekly. Am I right? Again, this was written 2,000 years ago. So when you get your salary, put something aside. Ah, Pastor, I don't have salary. I'm a businessman. When the next income comes, understand that he that supplies seed to the sower and bread for food is the same one. Whether it's a weekly income, hello, or a monthly income, or periodic income, when it comes, this is how you're going to overcome the pressure. And it's a matter of choice. It's a matter of the lifestyle you choose. Just prioritize your seed. I can tell you this thing works. I've been using it for decades. Prioritize your seed. This month end, those of you that are salary and are going to get your salary this week or next week. Don't do all that. Don't buy bread or the things you need first before you, you, you sow seed. You are going to put yourself in a place where you will be under more pressure. Between you and God, determine of every one naira you give me, which portion is seed? Pay your tithe first. Then which portion should I sow? 
And the second principle he taught us in that first Corinthians 16 is the principle of budget. As he has prospered you, that's how you do it. You give at your level. Hello. Back to what I said at the beginning of the service. You don't have to give a billion dollars if you are not um, Bezos' wife or ex-wife. So you leave your budget. I made one other powerful statement on Sunday. There are people that when it's time to sow, there's no seed simply because you are not living according to budget. You are wearing clothes you should not be wearing. You are living in houses you should not be living. You are sending your children to school they should not be going to. You can't afford it. It is beyond your level. You are living out of budget. You will not be able to sow and repass you out if you live like that. That's what 1 Corinthians 16 is telling you. If you don't learn to prioritize, prioritize your seed over the other things, and if you don't learn to live according as God has prospered you, you will always have a problem. No prayer can help you. Ah, you know, this is some of the hardest parts of my job as a pastor. No prayer can help you. You can't be making 150,000 naira a year and have a lifestyle of 250,000 naira a year. This is the answer to the prayer. If you're in that situation, no. Cut down your living. Live as God has prospered you. Including your giving. I can't give you one million dollars, oh God. I don't have it. And God will not be angry. I can tell that to God face to face any day. You give as each man proposes in his heart. Based on your level. But you see, people don't live according to as God has prospered them. Lifestyle choices. So they can't even prepare and put something aside so when it's time to sow, hey, I don't have money to sow. There is nothing like that. There is nothing. Look, I, I, I was telling the pastors and leaders, when you start telling God I don't want to sow, you are reporting yourself. Because he that ministers sweet to the sower and bread for food is the one you are talking to. It means you have used the portion that is supposed to be for seed for food. I'm telling you why people don't sow and reap. I'm telling you the things you need to overcome. You need to, if you've not done this before and maintained it, sit down, prior. It's a choice. I can't force you to do it, and God will not force you to do it. You need to come to a point in your life that what comes first is my seed. And between you and God, you determine what portion. No, Paul didn't tell anybody, he just said, everybody. We read that text. I want to close very quickly because I need to get to the last one. That's the major one. Everybody, not ah, it's only the billionaires. Mm -hmm. Everybody, put something aside. Don't start looking for the offering when I come. I am going to come. We are going to have another women's conference. We are going to have supernatural. Start putting something aside so when it's time to sow, you have seed. And if you don't prioritize, you won't be able to do it because of pressure of life. But priority is not enough. You must live according to your budget. And God knows your budget. So in case you don't know, you better go and ask God. It's inside Bible. <laughs> it's inside Bible. You give and you live according to how God has prospered you. This internet, Instagram, Facebook generation, this is one of the downsides. 
So your friend just, ah, we just moved into a new house. We just bought a new car. And you too, you want to, and you know you can't afford it. You now want to overspend and say faith. That's not faith. That's foolishness. You have to know where faith is and where foolishness is. I'm the pastor. I'm the only one that will tell you. Your friend that wants you to come and join in the house that he can afford, though. Come to the school where his children can afford. You, you are not on the same level. I know pastors that drive jeep. I don't have to drive jeep. When God blesses me that I can buy jeep, I'll buy jeep. Car is car at the end of the day. But you know some people can't accept that. Ah, then they will now call, ah, you are not excellent. Okay, I will see where your excellence will carry you. There, there are many ways, ah, you, are not, you don't have faith. Pastor. I will see where your faith will carry you. 2025 is coming, Abby. I will see where your faith is coming. Now, does that mean you should not do excellence? No, but do excellence according to how God has prospered you. I, was, I, I told, I think pastors, I read one article, just said Jose Mourinho, when he went to London, to do pastor, uh, coach, that all his tenure there, that most coaches will buy houses. He was staying in a hotel. Imagine coach of Leicester or Brighton. He now comes to London. So, ah, I just remember he's staying in a hotel. Maybe we are coach, we are coach, and we're going to Premier League. You will go broke. <laughs> what they are paying Mourinho, according to his prosperity, he can stay in a hotel. No pressure. But you, your team is Burnley, not Manchester United. I know you are both in Premier League. I don't put myself under pressure. I don't. Because he has already told us the pressure will come. And if you're on the wrong side of readiness for the pressure, you will not have seed to sow. You won't. And how do you want to come out when you don't have seed to sow? That's one understanding many people don't have. Let me quickly talk about the last one. The last one I said is lack of commitment. And this is the most important point out of all these things. Please hear me and hear me very carefully. The text we used was John chapter 12. Let's read it again. John 12, 24. We've read this scripture severally. Hmm. Hallelujah. Is somebody still liking me? Yes, sir. And you still like me? Yes, sir. I'm not your enemy no. by saying you don't have to ride Jeep. Yes, sir. <laughs> no offense to everybody that rides Jeep. Oh, that can afford it. <laughs> but I want to trouble everybody that is riding Jeep. That, that can't afford it. You need to be troubled. If I don't trouble you, the president is going to come and trouble you down the road anyway. Hallelujah. Friday is coming. <laughs> no, I, I want to address, God, God told me to deal with some things. Last one. So, verse 24, John 12. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Again, we are still talking about sowing and reaping. But if it dies, only if it dies. If it doesn't die, it can't do what I'm saying. If it dies, it produces much grain. 
And for him to let you know, I'm not talking about famine. I'm only using famine as a metaphor, an analogy. Look at the next verse. He that loves his life will lose it. So I'm talking about how to live. He that loves his life will lose it. He that hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. Hold on to that. We're going to come to that. Verse 26, if anyone serves me. So this is a principle of serving God. It's a principle of worshiping God. It's a principle of sowing and reaping and giving to God. Now, this is the lesson here. There are certain things, and specifically now, certain seeds you will never be able to sow except you are committed. Thank God for revelation. Revelation cannot help you. Thank God for understanding. Understanding will not help you in certain situations. Thank God for tenacity to handle pressure. Because pressure will come. That's not going to help you. This has nothing to do with pressure. Thank God for budgeting, prioritizing lifestyle choices. This has nothing to do with right. You can have been as right as righteousness. It's not going to help you. The only way you are going to be able to do this thing, Jesus, is if you die. The only way. This seed that God wants you to sow, this sacrifice, the only way you can do it, you can't preach yourself out of this one. You can't live in holiness out of this one. There's only one remedy. It requires death, commitment. When we teach commitment, we are talking about laying yourself down, sacrificing yourself. That's the only way. There are certain seeds and there are certain things that God is requiring us to do, like God required Jesus to die for us. There is no someone Jesus could have preached that would have brought our salvation. There is no miracle Jesus could have done that would have brought our salvation. Only one way he had to commit himself like a seed to the ground, and he had to lay down his life. Hello? Can I go further? Are you with me up to that point? So one of the reasons why sometimes we are not able to sow and reap as we ought, do things God wants us to do as we ought, we are not as committed as we ought to be. Commitment in this sense in Bible talks about self-sacrifice, dying to self. This is how Reverend K will always say it. It is not about you. How many of you have Reverend K said that, make that statement before? When it comes to favor, it's not about you. You have to forget about yourself and remember Jesus. Hallelujah. And sometimes the seed that needs to be sown, the faith response that needs to be given to respond to the favor that God has given you is deny yourself. Like Jesus had to die to save us. Ah, Pastor T, that is just for Jesus. Galatians 2.20. It's not just for Jesus. Some people have not been able to give the 1 million naira or 10 million naira or 50 million naira. I'm bringing down to money again. Uh, can I go on with money or I should stop? No. Go on. Because to sow at that level, you have to sacrifice and deny yourself. The house you wanted to buy, you're not going to buy it. You have to deny yourself that house to sow that seed. The school you want to send your children to, you can't send them to that school. You have to deny yourself. That's the only way you're going to be able to source that kind of And again, you can take this thing to marriage. Some husbands and wives are fighting and fighting because somebody has to lay themselves down for the other person to have his way. But nobody wants to deny themselves. 
so favor cannot flow in that marriage. And let me tell you something about the devil. Listen to this. You may never have learned this before. God showed me this. There are certain devils and challenges that will come our way. The only way you can defeat that devil is to die. The only, you can't preach or confess. There are some devils you can preach and you can confess and you can declare revelation and you can pray. Beautiful. There are some until you die. They won't go. And that's what Jesus was teaching us in John chapter 12. There are certain fruits. The only way to get them, the seed has to die. It was teaching, and that's how seeds work. Teaching us the principle. Again, he's not talking about sowing. He's talking about self-denial. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But not I. But Christ what? Lives in me. Glory be to God. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Read it very carefully. Watch me. Who loved me and gave himself for me? Verse 21. Don't miss it. I do not set aside what? The grace of God. What Paul has been teaching here is about grace. And he's now telling you, listen, there are some dimensions of grace for it to flow. You have to deny yourself. That's all. Not my will, but thine be done. This is what I want, oh God, oh. But because of you, I will pocket my will. I'm committed. I will sacrifice myself. Until you do that, favor cannot flow. It was thinking about righteousness, um, the law, and favor here, and grace. And that's the key there. Remember Romans chapter 12. I have to close. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present yourself what? Listen to me, church. Some things we will not be able to do until we become sacrifices. The next time I come, I will walk you through, I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 9, something powerful apostle Paul taught there. Rise on your feet. We need to. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00640.